Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following Charlotte's heartbreaking overtime loss last night to the Detroit Pistons. It ends up being a 127-126 final as the Hornets finally have their winning streak, their winning ways against the Detroit franchise snapped at a 15 consecutive executive game pace and there's a lot to get to in this one of course we'll provide you with our silver linings and of course also there's not a lot of time to dwell on this one as it is also a game day edition of the HHC here as Charlotte heads to Milwaukee on the second night of a back-to-back a tall order especially after how yesterday's game shook out helping me break down all these topics he's back in the neighborhood again for the second straight night it's Sam Purley and Sam thanks for joining me on the silver linings edition of the HHC good to see you in the neighborhood again though yes good to see you thank you again for having me and yes, heartbreaker. Heartbreaker might be a little bit of an understatement. That was that was a rough one, but we will do our best to put the silveriest of silver linings on this one. And thankfully, like you said, we got one tonight. So uh, hopefully wash it away and move on and nothing but good vibes going forward. As the former manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Clint Hurdle, would say after a rough loss, the guys had to shower well after last night. As we can kind of get to a quick recap of this one, not really a whole lot to recap, to be honest with you. Detroit led this one 31-28 after the first quarter. Sadiq Bey had a big 13-point quarter. Going into the second quarter, the Hornets were able to fight back a little bit better. And Charlotte was shooting the ball extremely well. They were shooting almost 57% from the field in the first quarter. The problem was just second-chance opportunities off Offensive rebounds for the Pistons because they were just able to shoot so many more attempts at the basket after the first quarter. Charlotte was 12 of 20 from the field, which is great. The problem was Detroit was shooting 50%, but the Pistons were 14 of 28. They had eight more shot attempts just through the first 12 minutes of play compared to Charlotte. Then we go to the second quarter. The Hornets were able to take the lead momentarily. It was a little bit back and forth, and then Detroit ended up taking a four-point lead going into the locker room. Then we go to the third frame where Charlotte was able to show out a little bit more, outscored the Pistons 30 to 24 in the frame as they were able to rip off a 9-0 run there midway through the third quarter, and then we go to the fourth frame. At that point, the Hornets just couldn't really put Detroit away, give the Pistons credit. Detroit hung around for the most part, even took the lead momentarily heading down the stretch at uh, 115 to 112 with 13 seconds to play. There was a little bit of a questionable strategy involved where the Pistons decided to foul Miles Bridges because the Hornets were in a bonus, so it kept Charlotte from tying the game with a three. Instead, sent Miles to the free throw line. He was able to hit both foul shots. Detroit called a timeout to move the ball into the front court, and Cade Cunningham goes one of two from the charity stripe and that sets up this final play of regulation where P.J. Washington had a chance to tie the game and then LaMelo Ball almost had a chance to win it. Bounces to Bridges. Bridges will attack. Gets all the way to the 10. Rides up with the right hand. Missed the shot. Put back. P.J. Washington is good. P.J. ties it at 116. 4.1 left. Now Ball swipes it. Mid-range J for the win. No! And the rebound to Jeremy Grant, and we're going to overtime. 
It's the seventh time that the Hornets go into an extra frame here last night at Spectrum Center this season as LaMelo Ball just he had a little bit more time than he thought and just kind of put off a little bit of an off-balance shot and didn't get the best of looks going into the overtime period. But then we go to overtime, Hornets back and forth. Charlotte had a couple of points lead there going down the stretch, but then it ended up being a 126-125 Hornets lead with 35 seconds left. The Hornets could not get a bucket on the offensive end. Detroit calls a timeout after a jump ball possession with six seconds to go. The Pistons set up the final play, and here's how it sounded. Hayes throws to Olenek, fall away two, yes, at the buzzer, and the Pistons break the Hornets' hearts in overtime, 127 to 126. Pain. That's the only way to describe it. Just pain. Kelly Olynyk with his first career buzzer beater in the NBA after nine seasons, and it, of course, had to come against your Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte now falls to 30-32 and 32 on the season and heads into a really tough second night of a back-to-back on the road against the reigning NBA champs in Milwaukee later on tonight. Sam, there is a lot to break down about this game. I guess as the guest of honor, I will let you I don't want to say air our grievances because of course there are going to be grievances, but I feel like this is our venting session heading into tonight's game. Yes, I think constructive criticism. I think when you look back, the first thing that, and it's similar to the Miami game, it's similar to the Minnesota game, which the last three losses have all been in overtime, and it's just, you just got to find ways to win these games sometimes. There's 50-50 plays, it's a free throw, it's a it's a rebound. I mean, there's I can, kind of racking my brain right now, there's so many plays that if you just get a defensive rebound, you know, it's 112-110, give up two offensive rebounds and a putback layup to tie it at the end of the fourth quarter. You had an offensive foul, and then you gave up a, a three-pointer to Bay in the corner with four 14 seconds left like there's just so many of those little plays that you just got to make and it's just, it's hard because the stuff happens so fast and stuff's moving so quickly and you know sometimes it's you know bad luck sometimes it's just bad execution combination of both I mean they just have had every it feels like last year when so many of these kind of games went their way this year lately they've just been kind of flipping the other way and it's just one play or two plays here or there and it's just it's tough but you know that's that's kind of the nature of the NBA I said it's a game of inches and especially in a game that went you know, 53 minutes that there's just so much and you just got to be. And I just I also said, I don't think the Hornets started very well either. I think that kind of got off to a bad start with the offensive rebounding and the turnovers. And it took until about the third or fourth to find the rhythm. And then they finally did. They're, they're right there, kind of in a back and forth game. So that was a tough one. It was a really, really tough one. But that's kind of the nature of the NBA. You got to go out and make those plays. And, and unfortunately, Detroit made one more of those plays last night. Yeah, you talk about the just the fact of, you know, one little play here, one little play there. It's almost like, I think, what is it, Murphy's Law? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Uh, that's what it's kind of felt like the last couple of nights for the Hornets, especially going into these overtime games. Miles Bridges had a similar sentiment after the game last night, saying it just came down to effort plays. I say 50-50 balls. That jump ball, we could have we got that one. I know they just played harder than us. They deserve to win that game. They played harder than us. We didn't turn it on until fourth quarter, third, late third. So they played hard the whole game, so they deserve to win that. Miles hit it spot on there, I think, Sam, and a couple of the things that stand out to me. The first thing is, like you mentioned, the turnovers. At the 7.30 mark of the second quarter, Detroit led it 39-35. to Charlotte called a timeout. The Hornets had eight turnovers at that point. Detroit only had one. Keep in mind, too, the Pistons are one of those teams that has... 
that, that turns the ball over a lot. Now, at the grand scheme of things, at the end of the day, the turnovers definitely leveled out. The Hornets had 17. Detroit capitalized 25 points off of those turnovers. Meanwhile, on the other side, Charlotte was able to force 15 turnovers from the Pistons and cash in 22 points. So, again, it ends up evening out at the end of the day. But, again, it's hard to kind of look at that number and say, you know, a couple of turnovers here or there, a couple of lazy passes in the first half. This ball game might be different. Maybe Charlotte goes into the locker room with a little bit of a lead. Maybe it's a closer game. There's a little bit more momentum. Whatever you can think of hypothetically, there are definitely some reasons why those turnovers were a factor. The other thing for me, too, that I just can't get past is the second chance points, the offensive rebounding. Detroit last night had 22 offensive boards. You just cannot happen. That just cannot happen. That was the biggest thing for me moving forward for the Hornets. Is just I know that's been a point of emphasis where Charlotte is one of the lower tier teams when it comes to securing defensive rebounds, but 22 is just too darn much. I mean, Isaiah Stewart was making a living out there in that first quarter. I think in the first quarter, he had, I think, three consecutive possessions, four consecutive possessions, as Sam helps me out here a little bit. You can always chime in, too. You can cut me off. It's okay. I think he had, I think if I recall, maybe was in the first, by the first time out, I think he had four right off the bat, and I think it led to six second-chance points I'm in the pretty first sure. time out. It was 11-10 Hornets. Six of the Detroit points were second chance. They're all off Stewart offensive rebounds. I was going to say, I think he had six points in that first couple minutes, and they were all second chance points. It was yeah. just absolutely crazy. And again, second chance points were in favor of the Hornets a little bit there, too. It ends up being 20 second chance points in total. The Pistons had 21. So again, it evens out at the end of the day, but if you're able to nip that in the bud early, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, and the other thing I look at, too, and I think some of this is a little skewed by the free throws because the Hornets went to the line 34 times. Pistons just eight. 18. I actually thought the Hornets did a really good job being aggressive, especially in the fourth quarter, getting to the line. But uh, looking at field goal attempts, Pistons had 21 more shots than the Hornets in this one. I mean, that's a big, big swing. I think, again, factor in the free throw attempts because think of the possessions. You're not going out there. If you're shooting and getting fouled, it's not going to count as a free throw attempt or it's not going to count as a field goal attempt. But that's a big number. Even if you maybe shave that down to, let's say, 10 or 11 to kind of balance out the free throw, that's a big number in a one-point loss. So, And again, it's just you're giving too many, too many bites of the apple, as I like to say, on the offense of rebounds and the second chance points like you said was kind of even but you just you can't leave the door open for that long and it, and it just it left the door open and just too many it just there's so many different areas where it felt like you could have just capitalized and just one play away and that's what so it makes it tough but like I said it's that's kind of the nature of the NBA and it's a game of inches every sport I guess is a game of inches basketball not excluded from that no but it feels like it's <laughs> amplified a little bit more after the last couple of games yeah. that the Hornets have had but you know with that said a couple of free throws here or there a missed layup here or there there were plenty of those to go around and no one person in particular is at fault of that after last night's game but it's just kind of the way that the ball bounced last night for the Hornets here's what Terry Rozier had to say after the game last night it hurt I ain't gonna lie it hurt but like I said part of this league we play a lot of games we got another one tomorrow less than 24 we got to move on but this one hurt and not just because of their record or because of their Detroit but you know every every game is matters for us so you know it hurt. It hurt me too, Terry. Trust me. And I'm sure Sam is hurting over there as well. But one more thing before we move on here, Sam. Again, you take a look at Detroit. It's one of those teams that is just at the bottom of the standings. Only 15 wins. You take a look at that loss that the Hornets had against Orlando. I think these are two different, completely different situations, though, because Orlando was playing well at the time. Detroit was playing well at the same time. And this team has had a little bit of a rejuvenation after the trade deadline and getting a couple of new pieces. I know that Marvin Bagley was unavailable. 
goal last night. But all in all, this Detroit team is young. They're talented. And if you let them hang around, they're going to make you pay. And that's what happened last night. Yeah, they had a really good team. And I think it has to weigh on you losing to a team 15 times in a row. And I don't know a lot of these guys weren't even, I think a lot of these guys were probably in high school when that streak started. Cade Cunningham. But you think how good it felt when the Hornets finally beat Philadelphia earlier this year. You're just tired of losing to the same team over and over and over again. That weighs on teams. You know, I saw it a couple years ago. I think we had a long winning streak against Orlando and they finally kind of, it was like 14, 13, 14 games. They finally burst through and it was like a 40 point win for the Magic right before the All-Star break. So I think that kind of stuff weighs on you and, and the way the first two games transpired, they, they've got a lot of young talent and they're confident and, you know, Jeremy Grant, I mean, I think is, you know, kind of an all-star caliber player. I mean, he had 26 points. Sadiq Bey had a big game. I think he was on the first team all-rookie last year, 28 points. Cunningham had 19. Olenek hit a lot of big shots. Not even the one at the end was obviously the biggest. He had, I think, three threes in the fourth quarter from all the same spot that really kind of kept them in it, where it looked like the Hornets were getting some momentum to kind of pull away. So I don't think necessarily you you go into these and you look at their record and say, oh, they're, you know, whatever, 14 wins this year. We, can try, we don't have to try as hard as we did against Toronto or another team I think it's it's just one of these times the season whoever comes in first and and could hit the other one in the mouth first and kind of take control it's it's uh I don't think the records are nearly as much of a factor necessarily I don't think guys are looking at the record going in it's basketball at the end of the day like Terry Rozier said at the postgame press conference podium last night everybody's professionals in this league they're all here for a reason so every game is going to be a battle, really. So Hornets found that out the hard way last night, 127 to 126, a loss in overtime. All right, I think we went on long enough to uh, vent after this one. So we still got to talk about it a little bit more, though. We got to hand out our silver linings. That's going to come your way next right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. It's a Silver Linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta, Rob Longo, and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with you here once again on today's edition of the HHC. Sam, it's time to hand out our silver linings after last night's 127 to 126 overtime loss. There were a couple of bright spots, and of course, as the guest of honor, I will let you go first. Yeah, I'm going to go with Terry Rogier. I thought he was really, really good. I think 33 points, that is his third highest scoring game of the season. Felt like he made a lot of really heads up plays in the third and fourth quarter where it kind of felt like the Hornets were going to turn this one and finally put it away, but obviously, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be as we recapped in segment one. Six of 10 from three, 12 of 21 overall. Also had five rebounds, two assists, two steals and just one turnover so I thought he was really really good you know it's an excellent effort for him you know he's rolling right now so hopefully the Hornets can get more from him tonight in Milwaukee. Pass to the right side Rozier rises for three yes sir rip the net cord Terry Rozier with a triple. That was one of Terry's two three-pointers in the fourth frame he was out there for 10 minutes in the fourth quarter yesterday it was only two of four from the field in that fourth period went to the free throw line a couple times as well but he logged a lot of minutes down the stretch played the entire five minutes of overtime as well as the Hornets will have to kind of regroup and move on tonight in Milwaukee as Terry ended up playing 41 minutes. However, that was not the most minutes played by a Hornets player last night. That goes to Miles Bridges, who happens to be my silver lining after last night's game. Cunningham probing, 
Throws the lob. Rozier intercepts. Rozier up the floor with numbers. Gives to LaMelo. Wing three in transition. Off the back iron. Rozier taps the rebound to Bridges. Oh, hammers it home. Dr. Pepper Duncan. That's the full two leaders. Hornets up by four. That was in the overtime period. Charlotte was able to lead by as many as five, I think, in the extra frame, and unfortunately, we're just not able to hold the lead, but Miles Bridges ends up playing 43 minutes last night. Of course, he is the league leader in minutes, or was going into the All-Star break. I'm not sure if he's being challenged in any aspect of that here after the All-Star break in terms of most minutes played. I'm sure Sam Purley will correct me if I am wrong in that aspect, but Miles, 29 points last night, 9 of 14 from the field, only took three three-pointers, was one of three there, but really impressive mark. 10 of 11 from the free-throw line where the rest of the team collectively was shooting just 67% from the charity stripe. Also added five assists, three blocks in there as well. I thought Miles Bridges had a pretty big overall game when it was all said and done. Those were our silver linings. I think we're at that point where we can kind of move on from this one, right, Sam? You going to agree with me there? I'm good. And one more quick thing on Terry. 22 points in the second half. Uh, Miles' fourth straight double-double. It ties a career high. And I just looked it up, the minutes thing, because you got me. You brought it up, so I had to look. He does still lead the league in minutes. 2,176. Jason Tatum is in second. He's about 50 behind him as of last night. So that's probably about two games, I would say, right? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't Game know. and a half. Tatum, Tatum feels like he never comes off the floor. So, But I digress. All right, we're getting a little bit off topic. We got to talk about tonight's matchup against the reigning NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks. That comes your way next, right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. We're playing less than 24 hours, so got to catch a plane here in the next hour and uh, off to Milwaukee. So another one tomorrow. JB, short, sweet, and simple after last night's 127-126 overtime loss. Certainly less than 24 hours by the time you're listening to this podcast, I would imagine. Rob Longo and Sam Proley, the lead writer of Hornets.com with you here today, getting you set for that showdown against the reigning NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks, who the Hornets have had some success against this season. Hold the season series two games to one so far this year. Both teams holding serve at home. The loss for the Hornets coming in Milwaukee earlier in the season, just Giannis Antetokounmpo went off, of course, had the game-winning layup. It was one of those situations where he was in the backcourt, just got a full head of steam, came flying down to the rim, hard to stop a freight train in that aspect, and he was able to put home the layup for the win as the Hornets fell in that one. But Charlotte played extremely well here at the Hive on two consecutive games and were able to take out the Bucks back in early January. Sam, before we get into our game preview a little bit, what's kind of the overarching thought heading into this one in your eyes? Well, I think, obviously, you have to flush last night away I think that one stings and it stings even more they had to go into overtime and that's always something you got to think about you played had to play even longer and then travel and to cap it off you lost in such kind of brutal disappointing fashion so I think you've got to move on of last night really quick Milwaukee record wise is not playing very well lately they've lost four of the last five one was to Phoenix one was to Philadelphia one was to Brooklyn so they're playing some really really good teams they're on a midst of a six game homestand right now like you mentioned the first three meetings between the Hornets this year have all been really close Hornets and Bucks average of four 
5.7 points per game has been the average margin. But back to the Bucks, real quick, over their last five games, they're one in four, and they have the second worst defense in the league at 120.8 defensive rating. So it's kind of been an up and down year. They've had some injuries and they've had stretches where they looked really, really good. And they've had stretches where they've been kind of flat. And I think it's kind of normal for a team coming off an NBA championship. It's just always kind of up and down thing. They've obviously had had Brooke Lopez this year. They got traded Dante DiVincenzo. Pat Connaughton's out with an injury right now. So kind of up and down really for Milwaukee. But I think kind of the thought is, is, you know, I think in their minds, by the time they get to late March and April, they'll be firing and ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, for some of these more veteran-laden teams, I think you see it a lot with the Brooklyn Nets as well is, you know, the seeding doesn't really matter a whole lot as long as you can potentially get some home court advantage because obviously you would like to have a game seven on your home floor. But, you know, with Brooklyn and Milwaukee, they're just hoping to fire on all cylinders once it becomes a playoff time, kind of turn it on a little bit more or less. And this Bucks team looks a little different. Like you mentioned, traded away uh, Dante DiVincenzo, picked up Serge Ibaka at the trade deadline as well. This is a little bit of a new look Bucks team just trying to insert a little bit of a spark, I guess, after winning the championship last Last year, kind of in a similar sense that the Hornets were able to add Montrez Harrell at the trade deadline in the midst of a slump with some injuries and that sort of thing as well, while still filling a need, of course. All right, now that I'm done rambling about the Bucks, Sam, we need a player to watch for both sides and a stat to watch. Where do you want to start? I'll start with the Hornets player to watch. Uh, you just touched on it a few minutes ago. I'm going to go with Miles Bridges. He's really rolling right now. Over the last four games, averaging or during this four-game double-double streak, he's had 24 and a half points, shooting almost 50% from the field, 11 rebounds over five assists and over one block so he's really really I think kind of found his groove right now three-point shooting still uh, not quite where I think a lot of us thought it was going to be over these last four games only around 30 percent but overall everything else is, is you know kind of firing on all cylinders for miles so I'm looking at miles hopefully have a big night tonight against the Bucks. I'm going to go with Terry Rozier simply for the fact that I'm going to steal from Sam Farber a little bit when he does his game previews here on the HHC. He kind of looks for trends. And I looked this up whenever I was doing our final segment. We usually do a look ahead on the broadcast in terms of what the future action looks like for the Hornets, what the next game coming up is. And I went back and I looked at the box scores of the previous two games because they were easy to look at. They were literally one game after the other. And in January, when the Hornets won those two games, against Milwaukee here at Spectrum Center. Terry Rozier went off. He is my player to watch. He went for a combined 55 points in those two games. I think he scored 28 in one night, 27 in the other. He was just an X factor for the Hornets, as he always has been in his career here in the Queen City. He played extremely well against Milwaukee. He played extremely well last night. Like I mentioned, the minutes might be a little bit of a factor, considering he was out there for 41 yesterday. Shot the three ball, I thought, very well. 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. 12 of 21 from the floor last night in that loss for what it's worth but he's kind of pulling double duty right now a little bit. Of course, he's in that two spot in the starting lineup, playing that shooting guard role, and then when it goes to the reserves, he's logging a couple extra minutes playing that point guard position as well. So, you know, Terry's kind of, like I said, double dipping a little bit. I think he's going to be the player to watch for the Hornets tonight. All right, where do you want to go? Do you want to go Bucks player to watch or stat to watch? I will go Bucks player to watch. Mine is pretty obvious. I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Three games this year has been absolutely tremendous, completely expected, reigning NBA Finals MVP, two-time MVP. The three games against Charlotte this year, 36.5 points per game on 58% shooting, 12.5 rebounds, almost seven assists. I think he's averaging a steal and a block in each game as well. He's going to be good. He's going to get his number. He's going to score. I think the biggest thing is kind of making sure he doesn't get to the free throw line 20, 25 times. I think you want to keep Milwaukee moving. I think that was kind of key the last time Milwaukee was in Charlotte. Kind of the reasons, one of the, 
I guess, deciding factors or less of a deciding factors. They, he just really got to the line a lot, and Hornets kind of had to hold on there at the end to just, he just made up a lot of ground at the free throw line. So keep him off the free throw line. I wouldn't say necessarily force other guys to beat you, but that's what you want. Make Get the ball out of his hands. I don't think Drew Holiday played in the last two meetings. He should be back for this one. Same with Grayson Allen. He did not play in the last two meetings. Neither did George Hill, but George Hill will also be out again tonight. So they're going to have some bodies back that weren't with them last time they were in Charlotte. So yeah, it all starts and ends with Giannis. For that exact same reason, my player to watch is going to be Bobby Portis. Simply for the fact that he just went off the other night against Brooklyn. He went for a team-high 30 points. He was 11 of 18 from the field, 8 of 14 from beyond the arc. And I get that when you have a guy like Bobby Portis, you can put him in that center position and that kind of frees up Giannis at the four a little bit, becomes this oversized, just massive power forward. I get that. But the fact that Bobby Portis took 14 threes against Brooklyn and he was able to can eight of them, that's a little bit of alarming to me, especially because of the way that Kelly Olenek was able to kind of stretch the Hornets a little bit last night. He was able to get to his spot beyond the arc and drill a couple of threes. So I'm going to look at Bobby Portis. He's kind of one of those guys that flies under the radar a little bit. He hasn't really hurt the Hornets in the past. He hasn't had some very successful games, but he was able to go off a little bit on Saturday and finish with 30 points. All right, that leaves one more thing here, Sam. That is a stat to watch. What are you keeping an eye on? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I got too excited earlier and said everything I wanted to say in that one like little Milwaukee rundown thing, but I'll circle back on the Bucks and their defensive struggles lately during that five game, last five games, um, the last four of which have been at home. They're just one in four over that last five, one in three at home uh, over the last four. They're 29th in the NBA in defensive ratings since February 10th. I mean, that's a pretty big number, a pretty surprising considering who you've got there in terms of personnel. You've got Giannis, who's obviously won the defensive player of the year. Drew Holiday is an outstanding on-ball guard, and then Chris Middleton as well, big, sizey wing. I haven't watched the Bucks a whole lately. I don't know what the issue is necessarily defensively, but Hornets got to get out and score. It seems like the offense has started to kind of find its rhythm again. I think that was to harken back to the Pistons game little bit of silver linings. The offense did look really good outside of the turnovers. They're making shots. They're making baskets. It's just kind of stay with them and stay and stay disciplined on the other end. But yeah, get out and start fast against this Milwaukee defense. It's, it's not really playing really well at the moment. For me, it's going to be kind of a culmination of everything we just talked about. Giannis was one of six from beyond the arc in that game against Brooklyn. So he tried to be a three-point shooter. And every time he does that, I just simply do not understand because we saw it a little bit in the playoffs last year. And then we saw Giannis just kind of go into the post, get to the free throw line and be the seven-foot threat and just a wall of humanity that he is. So I'm going to take a look at those points in the paint because Charlotte was able to score 62 points in the paint last night against Detroit. Charlotte has done a great job all season long driving, getting to the paint, creating contact. Now, if they get the foul call, that's one thing or another. That's a different discussion for a different day, but they're getting to the paint. James Borrego really has an emphasis on paint touches. If the ball gets to the paint, you're able to collapse the defense, then you it opens up everything. I mean, you're able to drive, create contact, you're able to kick it, and that creates you know the ability to swing the ball around the horn and get an open look for a three, which is such a big emphasis in this offense that the Hornets have. So the paint points for me is something to look at. If you're able to wall off Giannis, if you're not able to get him to the paint, and like you mentioned, keep him off the free throw line. He did go to the foul line 16 times in that game against Brooklyn, but if you're able to limit him getting those touches in the paint, I'm not saying you have to win the paint battle, but if you 
keep it close, if you keep Giannis kind of in check, which I guess the way that he's been playing against the Hornets this year, in check is about 25 to 30 points. But at any rate, that's the thing that I'm going to keep an eye on in tonight's matchup. Of course, you can catch the recap of Sam Perley's great writing after the game at Hornets.com. You can listen to the game, of course, on the Hornets radio network. Myself and Sam Farber will provide you with all of the detail there. You can watch it on Valley Sports Southeast, of course, as well. And we will have another podcast for you tomorrow breaking down this one. Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, thank you for stopping by and being in a neighborhood once again today. Absolutely. Got it out of my system. That was obviously a tough loss against the Pistons. I think talking it out a little bit and kind of looking at the the pros and cons, I'm ready to go tonight. Hopefully we get another win. It'd be great to kind of uh, bounce back. It's going to be a tough one, but great to bounce back after a really tough loss to Detroit. I'll send you the invoice for your therapy session a little bit later (laughs) this week. How's that sound? That sounds good. (laughs) Hopefully you guys were able to kind of vent along with us here listening to the podcast. Of course, we appreciate you tuning in each and every day. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thanks again for listening, and we'll see you here tomorrow once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.